Now for some stock fix. We're looking at the volatile market and welcoming back Eddie Gifford to our show, CFP Wealth Advisor at Tactif. Eddie, hey, how you doing today? So tell us, do you have some of your thoughts uh, here on the overall market? Yeah, I think uh, the same thoughts are going around everyone's head. It's inflation, right? And obviously the Fed set forward this week, they did a 50 basis point raise. Specifically, Powell said that he admired Volcker because Volcker was willing to do what it took to tame inflation back in the 80s. So because of that, we're thinking that rates are going to continue to rise. And the issue with rates rising is that that's going to affect a lot of portfolios. We've already seen it year to date. The conservative investors that typically have a lot of bond holdings in their portfolio for insulation purposes, they've had no insulation this year. And it's been my experience being in this business since 2005 that conservative investors are typically a lot more conservative than they think they are. So it is potentially going to end up happening is they're going to see red on that statement and they're going to continue to see red on that statement and we're going to get six nine months in and then they're going to bail and when they bail we got a problem because we got inflation going on right so their money won't keep with inflation anymore and if their money doesn't keep with inflation they're going back to work and i could probably make the argument that going back to work is a good thing because we got too many jobs out there anyways but i think that a lot of retirees would argue with me and say no that's not a good thing they're having a hard time getting everybody back to work in New York, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. You know, I know a lot of companies are now going to the hybrid models, and but um, you see a lot of churn in the job market. I, we talk about the jolts, there's record openings. You're seeing a lot of churn. Um, people are quitting jobs. They're looking for other jobs. They want more flexibility. They want hybrid models, um, among other things. So it's yeah. a very tricky situation because you have the Fed raising rates, you might even have slower job growth going forward. Um, wage growth, that's pressuring companies too. So um, when you're picking here, I saw you have the NASDAQ 100 in the names that you like. Um, I thought it was interesting because the NASDAQ is dropping below 12,000 for the first time since 2020. Tell me, is this the time to get in here? I don't know if it's the time to get in, but when I'm looking at the market right now, what I'm seeing is a couple of things. First of all, fundamentals are not driving valuations anymore. So and they haven't for a long time. So the issue then becomes, how do I use fundamentals? And I think that the main thing is fundamentals should be used as logic for holding a particular stock or holding. Now, on the other side of the coin, though, we've got technicals and technicals have not been behaving normally either. The market's moving five to 10 times faster than it was a few years ago and so it's harder to identify setups it's harder to execute when those setups come and we need to remember that we're at the end of a 40-year uh, potentially at the end of a 40-year bull market where interest rates went straight down and because of that we would expect that if interest rates do continue to rise that the technicals would act differently too so then it comes back around like you said why the nasdaq 100 like that's growth isn't that counter to increasing interest rates and all I can say is if we look at the history and we go back to 2000, yes, 2000 to 2003, the NASDAQ 100 fell 83%. Yes, 2008, 2009, the NASDAQ 100 fell almost 50%. And yes, 2020, the NASDAQ 100 fell almost 25%. But in spite of all of that, it's still the top performer 
over that time period. And I think the reason that is, is because of innovation, momentum, and quite frankly, popularity. Because the NASDAQ 100 is basically the top 100 most actively traded stocks in the NASDAQ, AKA popularity. And we live in a world where everything is a popularity contest. And because of that, I think that we have to identify the popular stocks, unfortunately, and NASDAQ 100 is a great place to start. So do I say go all in on the NASDAQ 100 right now? No, but maybe what you do is you look at some of the individual stocks within the NASDAQ 100 right. and yeah. Yeah, and I know you have Vertex and Dollar Tree in there as well. Tell me a little bit about those specific names and why they jumped in, in your radar um, as picks. So yeah, so Vertex, you know, obviously in the biotech space, and it's had a lot of good momentum this year. We've seen a lot of money flowing into it. And the other thing that I'm noticing is in my reviews with my retired clients, they're all telling me that they want to live to 100, 120, right? And so if that's the case, the only way we're going to get there is through healthcare, and biotech is going to be the engine that drives this, that. So finding a, a company with a good momentum that is moving in the right direction or, or maybe not falling as fast as the rest of the index could be a good starting spot. Now, on the other side of the coin, we've got a company like Dollar Tree, and, and we know we all know that we have this inflation thing going on, right? And so if inflation is happening, then it's going to start affecting pocketbooks. And if it starts affecting pocketbooks, people are going to look for a place where they can spend less money. And a company like Dollar Tree offers something like that. What's with the outlier here? Uh, what does that mean? I know you have so the outliers, outliers and then you have the hedges. Yeah, when I'm talking to clients, you know, we always typically identify some type of outlier. Like, here's a stock that maybe nobody's thinking about that might have good long-term upside. And my outlier right now is a company called Roku. Roku is trading near its pre-pandemic highs. And during the pandemic, it hit, uh, it went over 400. And so we always say that when these things happen, a lot of times what the stocks do is they borrow from the future. Well, we borrow from the future and we gave it all back. And so that might give us a good idea of what the long-term upside there is. But uh, on a daily basis, this is a company that I use. We, uh, we can get all of our streaming apps in one place. It's very, very user-friendly. I can use my, my phone to control my TV, and my four-year-old and three-year-old know how to use it. So I think that it has potential for long-term success for sure. Right, right. And those hedges, um, how do you come up with the hedges? So I think that if we're looking at the NASDAQ 100 as an example, and we're starting with, hey, you know what, we've, we're going to build a core portfolio around Vertex and Dollar Tree, for example, or any individual stock for that matter, we need to remember that we are at key support levels in the market. And if those support levels are broken, we could see another 40 to 50% of downside. And in the event that that happens, it doesn't matter, generally speaking, if you own the best stocks, everything tends to fall together. So a good hedge for something like that might be something like PSQ, which is short the NASDAQ 100. Yeah. So if the broad market falls, we're, we have insulation against that. And if our stocks outperform the index, then we're still actually net positive. Uh, the other thing that we look at is VIXY, V-I-X-Y, which is essentially tracks the VIX index. And what we saw during 2020 and what we saw during the financial crisis 
was a small investment in something like this was a 15 to 20 times return on investment. So you could commit a small amount of capital to your portfolio and still protect against a significant downturn. Now, if the market goes straight up, maybe you only get 90 or 95% of that, but if the market goes straight down for another 30 to 40%, well, all of a sudden we have some, some true insulation there because if interest rates continue to rise, bonds aren't going to do it, and and uh, that's one of the big issues. And and so that's where TBT comes into play, which is essentially a uh, inverse of the long treasury. And in this scenario, that means that if interest rates continue to go up, we would expect bonds to go down, which means this holding goes up. So it could be something that kind of offsets a little bit of uh, portfolio fluctuation relative to your bond portfolio while you're collecting a coupon. But at the end of the day, these are more advanced strategies. So it's important to make sure that you're speaking with a financial professional before you start trying to implement these advanced hedges. Eddie, thank you so much. Eddie Gifford, CFP Wealth Advisor at Tactive. Thank you with the picks, the outlier, the hedges. We appreciate it. Nice to see you, Eddie. Thank you.